A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Uh, Today in Parenting, Joseph Dreesom is with us. We are discussing helping your child to become socially responsible and cooperative using a five-step method. Joseph, welcome. Hello, Catherine. Nice to uh, catch up with you again. It is indeed. What age do you have in mind for this particular approach? Oh, I think it applies to all children, um, but let's pretend that to say, let's use two examples, a seven-year-old and a 15-year-old. Now, let's say you have a seven-year-old, uh, a typical problem for some parents is that they're not ready to go to school and, and or, or to be ready for the car run, and the whole family is frustrated because they always have to wait for them. That's one issue, little example. And then to say a 15-year-old teenager who doesn't want to do much, neither homework nor nor engage with the family or do any chores. So those are two classic examples of some families who have issues like that. And so maybe we can illustrate it like that. All right. But it's, it works with anybody. It's a persistent problem that you want to address or a persistent behavior that you want to address. Yeah, so, and it hasn't, yeah, correct, Catherine. Yeah, and, and it ha- you haven't been able to solve it. So where do we begin? Well, the, there's a five steps. The first step is actually for the adult to actually sit down by themselves or with their partner or a friend and to actually start thinking about what is the problem and, and, and sort of have a, uh, a reflection about it. How can I assert my leadership here? And, and, and what, what have I done in the past which hasn't worked? And so a friend might talk about it. Well, you know, is there a problem there or what have you done in the past? But the idea is that before you launch in, that actually you've got some idea of what you want to achieve and where you want to go with this child. And so you, you come from a leadership position which is pretty calm, uh, which is uh, reflective, and you sort of have some rational ideas. Maybe there are some problems there, or what am I trying to do? As soon as, a, as, a, as an adult takes up the leadership role in the family, the child will respond. And sometimes the, child, the, the adults are quite disempowered and angry, and they've got into a cycle where they just sort of disengage or given up, or they have yelling matches, etc. And all that will tell the child that actually the adult is in the control and that makes them more anxious. So the first step is to be reflective and to think, what am I trying to achieve? And to accept your responsibility as the adult, that you are in charge of trying to fix this. That's number one. Then? Then. Then you make an appointment to see the child. Now, you could use a teachable moment when you might be driving to school and or somewhere and, and you had a good time and you can table the issue then. Um, that's, that works, the teachable moment, but sometimes teachable moments are quite short and you can't actually finish the conversation. Um, but sometimes catching the child in a good space is a great way to go. But actually also just making an appointment is in fact really good, especially if the child, if the, you could even do it with both parents. If you say, well, we would like to talk with you about something in a nice way so the child doesn't feel threatened and say, I just want to have a talk. 
And so you make an appointment Saturday morning. Let's just have a talk, a cup of tea, sit down for five minutes or. And then once you, you table the issue, what is the problem with a seven-year-old, you say, and, and your whole approach is actually being helpful and giving the child a voice and saying, let's be a team. And so with a seven-year-old say, well, how can you help us to get, in, get away in time? And, and what do you find hard about getting ready for, 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 for the morning, etc.? So you're trying to put the child at ease and actually to say, well, share with, think about it. And with a 15-year-old, you might say, well, you know, I'm quite busy, the household is busy, and I realize, you know, you enjoy playing games and your computer, etc. But can we explore how you can help us to be a more kind of team approach in the household? And the, in, the child might be surprised, but the aim of this part of the talk is to actually show that you are not coercive, angry, and shaming and blaming, but actually willing to explore uh, how we can help each other. Now, if that child is in a, and that many children really enjoy that, and and then they will drop their antagonism or resistance, then you explore. So what can we do? What could be better? And 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 then you have already in your mind some plans which might or might not work. And and for example, I'm giving you an example which uh, has been done, which works really well. For the young child, you say, would it help? If, if we got all your clothes ready in the more at night and we put them on the table in the dining room away from your from from your from your room and and I'll have a hot chocolate ready for you that is you tie a, a positive reinforcement to it now some parents might think well that's that's quite facile but in fact many children can't cope with the the their morning tiredness and all the confusion of it all and when you lay it all out at night together then they know what what has to be done. So let's pretend you do that. Let's, it's a pretend example. And let's pretend that the child actually quite happy about that. With the teenager, you might say, well, I do think we need to do some homework. And so we talk about it. And then you, you table a suggestion. And let's pretend that they take it up. And say, well, what about, um, say, at 5.30, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been uh, back from work. I'm quite relaxed. And we're going to have dinner at 7.30 or 6.30. What about we sit together? just for a quarter of an hour, you and me. And you unpack your bag and you start and we just have a quarter of an hour sort of warm up and get some work done. And then after dinner, you could finish it. So shall we do that? Let's pretend. The child says, well, okay, I'll go along with that. Uh, I'll, at the end of this talk, I'm gonna talk about what about if they dig in the heels and don't do it at all. But many children actually are quite rational and quite amenable if they're not anxious and under emotional stress. And so you finish that part that of this step, this second step is a critical step of just talking quietly, coming to a solution. But you've pre-thought it. You have pre-thought some of the solutions, and you might be surprised. And we'll come to that in a minute. So let's say that both children are willing to go along with us. Then you say, well, that's great. And you finish the same thing on we're a team, we're a family, we're trying to help each other. And actually you're inducting the child into the whole process of that social groups are in a contract with each other and you've got to play your part. And they actually want to, they most children want to please their, 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 uh, their parents. So this is number two. The num fact, number two, often if the child is not angry or emotional, it's very, very powerful. Uh, because some children actually change overnight. Um, in, in my career, I've had many uh, examples of that where a child actually turns the whole thing around. 
and they feel much better. And the same, it's a bit like adults in relationship. One good talk as, as friends or as, as spouses or as partners can clear a whole lot of problems away. However, with children, often you need to coach them. And so many of my listeners might be surprised what I suggest. And that is, you want now your step three is to coach them what they were going to do. But you don't coach them while they're under pressure. Like the seven-year-old is under pressure in the morning. And uh, for some reason or another, they're antagonistic or, or sabotage things. So that is not a good episode, uh, uh, scenario. So you say, why don't we practice it now or after dinner as a joke? So as a, as a sort of a little game. And so you practice laying out. Uh, their clothes on the kitchen table, on the dining room table, and as you do that, you realise their their drawers are in a mess, and you realise actually, you know, I wouldn't be able to find my clothes either. And you might say, shall we put them in little boxes? Or that is, as you as you practice it with a child, that the child becomes uh, that starts to reveal to you what for them are the issues. And so I'm going to pretend that actually it's quite a mess. So you sort out the socks and the shirts and the singlet and the uniform, and you put them all in a neat little pile. It's a visible little thing. And then you've got to get the shoes, do all that. And you say, well, shall we try that again? Let's put it out together. That is you and your child are together as a team. And, and the attachment, the nurturing, and the support is a hidden message there from I love you, I'm here for you, let's try to do this together. That's a critical part of the process of that the child feels my mum or my dad actually loves me enough to take time out to help me sort this, which I can't do by myself. So let's pretend we've done that. And, uh, and, and and with the uh, with the 15 year old you say well do you mind now well, let's just pretend we do it for three minutes I'll sit at my table at a kitchen table I'm not doing any work I might do a bit of work for me you grab your your bag and just unpack it and start and sheepishly he might sit there and as you unpack his bag you realize it's a complete shambles and you you realize that actually you know the bag is a symbol of him being stuck and, and and so you help him and you say, well, that's not too bad and let's throw out the lunch from last year and let's tidy this up. And again, the signal is I'm here to help you and I've got some adult leadership and you might say, shall we buy some new books or see what happens. It has to be a positive experience. And once that's done, once that's done, you think, well, shall we try it live tomorrow? And And so you go to step four. That coaching is really important. And, and my listeners need to realize that I propose that this cycle of talking, thinking, talking, and coaching will need to take place a number of times. Once it's done and it has, you've made sure that you stay sort of positive, nurturing, and caring, and that you don't go into conflict because that is actually total counterproductive, um, that will come later. I'll talk about that in a different way. Um, then... The next day you try it, and so the next day you make sure that you get up early and everything is laid out, and you jolly along your seven-year-old, and you say, um, "Let here we are, it's all there. I'll have a hot chocolate with me, that is tied to a positive reinforcer, and then let's pretend the child is actually happy to do that, and then you observe them, and you don't do it for them; they're doing it themselves. And when you come to the shoes, I'm just giving you an example. Uh, you realize that they they don't even know how to undo the strap of their sandals and they just try to 
ram their foot into it. And you think, shall I help you with that? And they realize, you realize the seven-year-old can't handle that and actually have missed that. Now, I'm just, it's a little example of when you start observing the child and, and trying to put him in a situation where you coach them and see it from their point of view, you actually start realizing maybe they needed more support or more leadership. But let's pretend it all works well. And then you sit down and help the child with the sandal. And, and so, wow, you know, it's good. Big hug. It's great. And, uh, and for your 15-year-old, yeah, he sits next to you and he starts doing a bit of work and he surprises you because he's got a work diary, a homework diary. He surprises you because he's actually quite organized and once his bag was good and you keep it short, just a quarter of an hour, and um, and you say, that's really good by the end of it. So let's see, we had, let's pretend we had a positive outcome. So having done that, you repeated the next day. Again, you're proactive, your calmness, your coaching, and you just repeat it until you establish a routine. And let's pretend it's working. Well, then mission accomplished. However, let's pretend it's not working. And that's what I want to talk to my listeners about, is that the part, last part of the cycle is a very important part of when it fails. What are you going to do about that? Are you going to just get angry and yell and scream? I, I wouldn't. I would propose something quite different. So what do you I, do? Well, I propose that you have a review meeting, that you have a, let's sit down, how did we go, you know, and or after three days of total failure, <clears throat> you might say, or partial failure, you might sit down with a child, so what's not working? <clears throat> and it's a conciliatory and, 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 and a pleasant talk, but that there is a sting in the tail. And the sting in the tail is that the child says, well, I'm just not doing it. Let's pretend they're going to spit the dummy and they renege on the agreement and they're not doing it. Let's pretend that the 15-year-old just said, well, I just can't be bothered. I'm going to play my computer games. Then you table a new concept or a concept which you've tried to table, but you table it much more formally. And you say, um, we're part of a social contract. You know, that's a, you, you, you're, you've made an agreement and, um, and you've reneged on that agreement. And, and so now, actually, um, the relationship between us and between the household is sort of damaged. Now, this has been going on in the past, but you might not actually have talked so calmly about it. And then the child says, so what? And then you say, well, I would like you to make it up. And that's a very important concept that you, I think you need to repair it. You need to think about that. And for some 15-year-olds, you might say, oh, I just want to talk about it. And then we go away and we come back. And you could either say, I want you to repair it by making up for it. And then we'll try again the system. We'll fine-tune it. Or you want to repair it by actually foregoing some of your privileges. Uh, or I will impose something on you. That is, you teach and coach the child. There is a consequence to reneging your agreement, to actually saying we will try this and then not doing it. But you do it at a later stage when you all come and you do it quite deliberately and you're willing to actually win that battle. So you're willing to say, well, for example, for your seven-year-old, you might say, well, you know, um, uh, I think, you know, uh, you can do it. We tried and then you decided not to do it. Well, maybe we should decide that uh, perhaps, you know, you have to go uh, to bed without dessert today, you know, or something like that. And the child might be quite upset, but you are telling them there is a consequence to breaking a social contract. 
and that is a very important thing of any educational cycle that a child can't just say well you know I'll just do it my way and for the uh, for the teenager what I suggest is that uh, that you might say, for example, a very good thing for most kids are addicted to their devices. That you say, well, um, I'm going to ration the internet, and we'll just you can earn it back. You can earn back the internet privilege by actually cooperating with me about this. Or I'm going to say, well, you know, you were going to be enrolled in a in a new venture, uh, but I'm going to put it on hold until we can come to an agreement where you cooperate and keep your word. All through so, this negotiation, right, your tone and your composure is important as well as your persistence. Absolutely. It, it is, that's the key. Uh, you send two messages. In some ways, a child is like an iceberg. What's on top over, uh, uh, over the surface is its behavior. And what's underneath is, is, a, is a very complex set of needs and, and, and disappointments or sadnesses, etc., or whatever it is. Your calmness and your kindness uh, goes underneath the iceberg and it says really I care for you I love you I'm your parent and I'm in charge of this household but I'm on your side and then your your behavior for above the above the surface behavior you're reneging on your agreement and and you're not really helping us there needs to be some kind of payment for that that's that's above it but uh, the way you do it is actually the most important thing it is that 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 sense of the Adult is in charge, they care for me, but they will insist on that I perform to a certain way. How often do you keep having to review and, and keep this cycle going? I would propose that sometimes it's so quick that the one talk does it. That's fine, you know. Um, if, it, if it works and the child is improving, you're in business. And the key is the improvement. You mightn't get perfection, but it's sort of like landing a plane. plane. A plane lands slowly. A child changes its behavior gradually, and you just keep on saying, you made an improvement. I'm happy about that. That's cool. Let's try and make it a little bit better. As long as there's improvement, it's fine. If, if it doesn't work whatsoever, then you just have to go back to square one and have the whole cycle again and, 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 and try and find out what is the sticking point. And then once it's going, sometimes a teachable moment is fine and you might only want to talk about one thing or can we can we improve this a little bit or can I give you a hand with that? Uh, but if it falls down completely, then you want to go back to step one and go to your partner or to yourself or with a friend and say, why didn't this work and what are the real issues? And um, and, and sometimes it's very illuminating and then you start a whole lot again. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you very Catherine. much. Catherine, I, 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 feel, I feel perturbed that you were so quiet. Oh, not at all. <laughs> no, it is good. Hey, hey, thanks very much for having me. Thank okay. you. Joseph Dreesen, our parenting commentator today. Do not forget that you can subscribe to our parenting on podcasts on the podcasts and series page. It's called It Takes a Village, and then it can uh, land straight into your device uh, whenever you are ready for it. Uh, every Thursday, of course, we have a parenting commentator. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 